to be here. I'm honored to be asked to speak to you all. I'm very excited. I have a word, so a sure word from Yahweh. And um, well, uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Kaylee Hoffman. I uh, have been at The Rock since I was 16 years old. Um, I'm only 18 now, so <laughs> two years, I'm new. Not true. That's not true. <laughs> um, yes, we, I have been here since 2000. You do the math. <laughs> but I'm honored to be here. First, I want to honor our, our head minister, Steve Parker, and his wife, Kim Parker. They are ministering at another house today. And um, I just want to honor them. I want to honor him for giving me the opportunity first. Um, he is a great man. And if you are here for the first time, please come back next week <laughs> as well, because you'll meet him. And he is an amazing visionary uh, who has led us to this place that we are in, which is a glorious place. And I'm excited. I honor his wife, Kim, who has always been like a spiritual mother to me and has given me so many opportunities. I'm so thankful. And their daughter, Kaylee, who leads the ministry here up here, the music ministry. Um, without her, I wouldn't be where I am. So I'm thankful. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I'm going to need some tissues for sure. <laughs> y'all don't know I'm a crier <laughs> Ooh, it's just you know when Yahweh is doing something it's deep I am the first <laughs> like let it flow that's right but I honor them I I don't take this responsibility lightly um it's a big deal and so I'm thankful and I said yes immediately and I have come prepared to give you something today at least I hope <laughs> um like I said, my name is Kaylee. I am married to Matt, who was up here. We have uh, four beautiful children here on earth, one in heaven. And uh, we have been here. Matt and I uh, were just dating when we came here. <laughs> and um, we had no children, obviously. And uh, Steve Parker married us. Uh, he's been, a, you know, seen all my newborn infants. Um, we have been here a long time, and it's been an incredible journey. Here, we, like he said, we are family. We are family first. And you know, in family, sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not so great. But when it's family, you come back to the table, right? And so <laughs> there have been really hard times and there have been more awesome times than hard times. But there have been hard times. But we come back to the table. When we come back to the table hungry, my, my family, and I hope your family does as well, um, because at the end of the day, family, iron sharpens iron. And nobody can speak into you like your family can. And so here... We are a family, and so welcome to the table this morning. <laughs> I honor you all for being here, and I thank you. Um, quickly, before I get into my word, I wanted to mention, because I'll be speaking about this, so I didn't want anyone who's new. Uh, about three years ago, my husband and I, almost three years ago in August, uh, transitioned our son to heaven. He was 40 weeks perfect, um, and Yahweh required him in heaven. And, um, ooh, it's not, this is not grief. I want you to know that. Um, it's, it's just necessary that you know. Uh, it changed our lives, and not for the bad, for the good. It made me a totally different person than I was, and I had never understood the Father like I did that moment. I had to say goodbye to my son, and I knew his heart, and his heart was for me, and it always has been for me and for, my, for you, really. But um, in that moment, <laughs> some hard choices had to be made. We made them, and we made them with smiles on our faces, and um, it's good. But I want to mention that because I am not who I am. I am who I am because of that, really, um, that experience, a tangible experience of the Father's goodness to me. And I know that sounds weird, but when I speak my message today, I want you to know that he is a good father. He loves you. He loves me. Sometimes it requires a perspective change to see it, 
but he's always good. He's always good. And so Matthew Ross Hoffman Jr. went to be with Yahweh on August 19th of 2016, changing our lives forever, allowing us to have our promised seat of Finley here in the earth a few years later. <laughs> yes, five months ago. He's a good father. He's a good father. He doesn't forget. His promises are always yes and amen, and they're always good. And um, he always makes good on his promises. He does. And as difficult as sometimes things are, if he's spoken a promise to you, it will come to pass. It may not look like you thought it would look. And that's okay, because it looks perfect to him. And so I just want to mention that, because I'm going to be referring back to that. And I know if some of you haven't been here, excuse me, <clears throat> you wouldn't know. So... Um, <laughs> this morning, Yahweh, well, really, for the past few months, Yahweh has been walking me through a really specific place, and it's been so great, and I wanted to share it. Um, first, I want to say happy birthday to my mother. <laughs> it's her actual birthday today, and she's 18, no, um, and... Uh, I want to mention you, not just because it's your birthday, but because a song you wrote has been in my heart and spirit all week. And uh, I'm not going to make the musicians, <laughs> I wasn't going to make the musicians try and figure it out. But it says, um, I've never seen the righteous begging for a piece of bread. Because my father takes good care of his own. He's prepared a place, a table in the presence of my enemies. So come and see, see it in me, the goodness of the Lord. So this is a song she wrote how long ago? So many years. <laughs> um, it's, it's truth. I want to say that because we're singing it, although I'm crying, so that sounded awesome. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> come back next week. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, I wanted to say that because it's been in my spirit because uh, Yahweh has been speaking to me about his goodness, and you've heard some of that through um, Steve and Kim and Kaylee. And something that Kim Parker brought back with her at the last ladies' meeting we had, I believe it was the last one, um, was that she, I remember a few months ago, she had a dream where all she saw was the goodness. She went to this place, and she saw goodness, and she couldn't even describe it. She was in the goodness of the Lord, but it was so big, it was so great and grand, she didn't have words to tell us what that even looked like, but knew this was a place he had prepared for us to walk into, and she brought that, and she also brought some things at the ladies' meeting, um, one of those things being that uh, when he created in the garden, in the beginning, when earth was created, he saw that it was good, right, and everything he did was good, and so she began to just explain to us that the goodness has always been there, the goodness of Yahweh. And Kaylee came and said, oh, when there's goodness. So in the beginning, they weren't supposed to eat from the one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? They weren't ever supposed to. That was never intended, but they did. So we were never intended, and this is not my word. This is uh, trademark Kaylee Parker. We were never <laughs> intended to eat of the fruit of good and evil. We were never even supposed to know evil. Think about that. We were never even supposed to know that place. We were only ever supposed to decide between good and good, <laughs> right? Yeah, but we, you know, we know the rest of the story. <laughs> oh, Finley's being a little loud. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> well, she said, Kaylee Parker said, um, that is the true intention of wisdom. Wisdom was never meant to come help you decide from right and wrong, good and bad. She was always intended to come to help you choose between the goodness of the Father. What's the best 
way. They're all good. What's the best way? That was her true function. And we've been using her to say like, oh, is this, should I go see this movie or should I not go see this movie? Like in trivial ways. And I mean, we know what we know, but now I know better. And so I've really been engaging that place. And the word about this has impacted my life in such a way um, I do not even know how to explain it, except everything that I have looked at in the last two months has flipped upside down <laughs> for me, and it has really um, changed my life. And that's why I knew this was what I was to bring, because it's something I'm not perfect at this yet, but I, I know he is working on it in me. And it's, it's a place um, where I can see and where you can see from heaven's perspective through Yahweh's eyes, I know we've talked about it, but when you really do it, and it is, it is life changing. And what it will do is um, it will create a place for wisdom to be used in her original intent. And in that, um, you can mature, you can grow, you can do the things you have always wanted to do and always been intended to do. So um, I wanna, I have the whiteboard, I'm a teacher at the Rock Academy. I feel very comfortable with a whiteboard. Uh, <laughs> So I asked my husband to bring it because I do have a few things I want to write them so everybody can see. Uh, let me tell you this. So I started researching his goodness, not only just like in the, in the scriptures, but in my own heart, asking Holy Spirit, the teacher, he, asking him like, hey, what does it mean? Why, why is this goodness thing so in my head all the time? And why am I kind of stuck on that in a way? And so I not only researched through the natural, but by the spirit. That's actually the first way. <laughs> then I went a little bit to the natural. Um, it's a challenging word, and I want to tell you why in a minute, but it's a good one. If you can grab a hold of it, I'm telling you, your life will be changed. So did you know the word good, G-O-O-D, <laughs> has or is used 859 times in the Bible? That's a, that's a lot of times. <laughs> it's a lot of good. The word, oh, Old Testament, 531 times. New Testament, 247 times. So when I looked that up, I was like, oh, this word is important to the Father. It's important. It's a, used a lot. And goodness is used uh, 48 times total, the word goodness. Uh, 42 in the Old Testament, 6 in the New Testament. This tells me that this word is important to Yahweh. And so I wanted to, it's a piece of his character. It's a part of who he is. And um, so these are things that I have considered and I have found in his character to be good and I want to bring them to you. So the first thing is that I'm just going to yell out some of the things you've heard in the scriptures. You've heard good a lot. Okay. So if one, number one, goodness is a fruit of the spirit, right? So let's put that scripture up. This is Galatians 5, 22 through 23. I have it written here so I can. <laughs> but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, ooh, or patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So it is a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, our gospel, the gospel of Yeshua the Christ, do you know what that's called? The good news. Good job. <laughs> it's called the good news, right? Uh, Yeshua. What do we call Yeshua? Can you think of something with good? Good shepherd. Girl, you got it. <laughs> the good shepherd. You're sitting. She's good. <laughs> uh, like I said, when he breathed out during creation, he saw it and said it was good. good. Every single thing he created, he called good. 
And Romans 8.28, you guys know this one. And we know that in all things, Yahweh works together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We know, do you know? He works all things for your good, all of them. And AJ touched on it last week, all things. So <laughs> if all things work together for my good, Am I seeing the goodness of Yahweh in everything I do? It doesn't have to do with you being a positive person. It doesn't have to do with your personality. Some people are naturally positive, Shaviv Paget. It's how Yahweh made her. She shares joy wherever. But you don't have to be her to see the goodness. She sees it. She just, it's, it's a little easier if your personality is like that. I'll say that. <laughs> you know, me too. I like to see the good. I'm, I naturally gravitate towards that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about your personality. I'm not talking about your bit, like what, how you feel and how you are. I'm talking about a perspective change. How are you seeing it? It doesn't matter how you feel. We know that. <laughs> But, that's right, buddy. <laughs> but uh, the important thing is, is that it's not about personality. It's about your heart. It's about who sits on the throne of your heart. If Yahweh sits on that throne, if he is the one that is there, you will see goodness at every turn. Okay? If he's not the one sitting there, then today I ask you to make a change. Put him on the throne. It will require something of you but put him on the throne. But if he sits there and you are a faithful son and daughter, which I know you are, then there is goodness at every turn. Um, but who are you allowing to tell you what good is? Okay? So naturally, by the natural, through our experience, we say something's good or bad, through our experience, through what we know. But I'm not talking about experience. Yahweh has a place prepared that is beyond what you have experienced. As a matter of fact, he wants to throw that out the window. <laughs> he wants to lay out a red carpet to come up here, get rid of your experience, what you think you know. He's come to change that. So who's telling you what's good? Did you lost your job? The world will be like, oh my gosh, it's so bad. That's terrible. I'm so sorry. You hear that a lot. I'm so sorry. Um, just anything, name anything. You got in a car accident. You had surgery. You had cancer. You lost someone. Someone's died. What do they tell you? I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry. Heard that nine million, not from any of you. <laughs> I love you guys. But I heard that so much. So, oh, we're so sorry for your loss. It's hard to stand there because I want to say I didn't lose. <laughs> I didn't lose. <laughs> I won. But anyway, that's a rabbit trail. Uh, <laughs> But what is the world telling you is good and bad. And this is the thing he totally flipped for me. Like I have been trying to engage wisdom and decide, well, is this good or is this bad? Is this right or is this wrong? And he's like, Kaylee, <laughs> everything you do is good and right. You don't have to be deciding between what's right and wrong. You need to be deciding which good thing that I have laid before you, you are to choose. And I want to tell you, good does not mean beautiful or pretty or fun or comfortable. It can. It can mean that. <laughs> I don't want to just be depressing. It can mean that. 
but it doesn't always mean that. When you're in the kingdom, you have to have eyes to see that Yahweh has brought goodness to your table. To me, goodness looked like a dead baby. For me. It did. And that sounds morbid, and I'm sorry. <laughs> and Lee is offended by that. Um, <laughs> but that, that's what his goodness looked like to me. And I want to tell you, I'm qualified to say it. Because from the moment I woke up, and I saw, or I heard, I didn't see, I saw, I heard that he was dead. From that ex exact moment, I never questioned Yahweh. I never did. I'm being totally honest with you and vulnerable with you. I never questioned him. I knew that I was a faithful daughter. I knew that Matt and I had set ourselves in a place that was right and good and we have been obedient and we have done the things that were required of us with happy hearts. <laughs> we had. And so I never thought one moment that Yahweh did this to me. I never did. I always knew. I didn't know the verbiage at the time, but he did it for me. He did it for me. And the thing is, is he told me, he told me that um, this was later on. <laughs> he told me he needed Matthew's voice in the heavens because he needed Finley's voice in the earth. And um, when I got pregnant with Finley, he's our promised son, you know, and, um, and so was Matthew. <laughs> but I knew I knew, and I even said this to Claire. She was crying the other night. She missed Matthew. She wished Matthew and Finley could be best friends, she told me. <laughs> I know. And I said, you know, though, Yahweh is so good to us. We would not know that child if Matthew had stayed. We wouldn't know him. And he's good enough to know what the Hoffmans need. And so goodness doesn't always look like rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> And if I can just change my perspective, and that's what I've been trying to do, you know, and, and the moment that I knew I was going to preach, it's like all hell, you know, you know, it's like when I knew I was going to bring this word, I was very aware everything was coming out of the woodwork. Like, are you going to see his goodness in this? Well, here you go. I passed guys. I passed. I saw it. So I was like, oh Yahweh, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing, but I'm telling you, you know, it doesn't mean that every day of your life is what the world says is good. It doesn't mean that. It means that what heaven and what Yahweh says is good, you have to see it for what it really is. And the world will desensitize you to that. They'll tell you morally where your compass should be. But I'm telling you, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It will feed your children lies. It will feed your teenagers lies. It will. It will tell them what's right and wrong. It will. Social media, all those things will tell your kids what's right and wrong. But we were never meant to decide between right and wrong. <laughs> Shut that off. <laughs> Turn that off. Don't let that go in your eye gate. <laughs> because we were only ever meant to decide which road, which road. Look at them all. Look at all the roads you could take. They all lead to life. And let me tell you, that is harder than right and wrong. <laughs> because then Yahweh trusts you to decide the road of goodness. <laughs> and you're like, oh, Lord. <laughs> That's a mature place. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, gosh, every road. It might not feel like life, but it's life. It leads to life. And so he's like, son, daughter, what, what, which one will you choose? I leave it to you. He trusts you. <laughs> he trusts you enough to choose the good path, whichever so you will choose. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
Ah, you do not have to change who you are to see the goodness. It is the very essence of our creator. And if he lives in you, the temple, all things work together for his good. All things. So what do you consider good? I ask you to ask Holy Spirit that this week. Holy Ghost, what is it you're seeing that is good? If you are faithful, every challenge, every hard thing, every difficulty, every annoyance, and every frustration has come to work for your good. Unfortunately, we've been trained to think like, oh, it's the devil, the enemy. Gosh, I'm so frustrated. I'm so, fr- I'm so annoyed, you know, and I just, and oh, I yelled at that person. I did, oh, the enemy. What, what has that frustration come to burden you? A lot of times it's come to tell you like, hey, there's something off. <laughs> there's something wrong. Holy Ghost has come to say, hey, that's me. <laughs> You're annoyed with that person? That's me. Here's why. You need to change some things. <laughs> it's never the other person. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. That's true. <laughs> See, it's from Yahweh. <laughs> so when I was considering all the things that Yahweh has placed before us that, is, that are good, I wanted to know, and I like this one, teacher. I'm not as good as Jenny, so I honor you, Jenny. But I, <laughs> I wanted to know what like the original context of good and goodness was in the Hebrew. Um, as you all know, you know Bibles have been translated. They are wonderful. They are the inspired word of God, no matter what translation you're reading. But sometimes it's it's good to go back to the root because a he, the Hebrew language has so much more. It's so living. It's rich, <laughs> and um, not that ours isn't. But it just helps you understand why they chose the word good in English to describe whatever Holy Spirit wanted to say through the scriptures. So I did. Did a little homework. Um, Let me first tell you what the world is going to tell you good is. This is English, the word good. It's kind of long, I'm sorry. It can mean competence, like I'm good at math. (laughs) It can mean reliability, good breaks. It can mean strength, good eyesight. It can mean kindness, uh, good of you to come, welcome. It can mean moral excellence. It can mean good behavior, enjoyment, thoroughness, benefit, expedience, freshness. Oh, these sound so great. (laughs) Worthiness, attractiveness, moral rightness, promise, a desirable end. So that is what our word good in English means. So then I looked it up in the Greek and the Hebrew. (laughs) And it is all those things. It is. Those are all good things. However, that is not what Yahweh intended in the beginning. So let me come over to my little whiteboard. (laughs) This This might get hard. Excuse me. All right. I'm going to do the Greek first. And I'm not writing in black. Because a good friend told me not to ever write in black. Because your brain, right? What is it? Your brain just looks over it. But if you write in a color, you're going to remember it more. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. Trademark Jenny Carter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here is the Greek word. And tell me if you can't see it once I'm done. <coughs> I know. And it's just said like agathosun, is how it said. Mm-hmm. This is Greek. So this is when the Hebrew Bible or the, the 
Hebrew words were translated into Greek to be read more. Uh, this was how the Greeks saw good. This is how they interpreted it when they were trans translating it from Hebrew. This is very interesting. This word, the word good, this is the word good in English. This word means Virtue equipped at every point. And that's a little better than good. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. But you know when the Greeks wrote this, when they used this word, this is a strong word. This agathosun, virtue equipped at every point, is harsh. It's a harsh goodness. This sounds so strange, and I know. But when, <laughs> when I looked it up, I realized... It is aggressive, this goodness, this good, is aggressive and it is active. It does not spare sharpness, it brings correction for the sake of the person who it is for. It is necessary, it is firm, it does not always look good, but it is good for the person. It's virtue at every point, eyes on every side, right? We talk about that. What that means is, at every single point, again, if you are faithful, if you don't know the Father, your first step is to know the Father. Come to know him. Invite Yeshua into your life. Repent. Those are the steps. Once you have done that, he invites you to a place, a table, where you have virtue at every point, okay? It is for your sake, so it doesn't always feel good. Think about a child, like Steve always says, running out in the middle of the road and a Mack truck is coming. Are you gonna just sit there? No, you're gonna try and save that child's life. You're gonna yell at that kid, get off the road. You're gonna grab him, probably forcefully. Get out of here. It might hurt. <laughs> it's good though, it's good. It's for their sake. So I wanna tell you that this few months, Kaylee Hoffman has had this kind of goodness and it's good. I've seen it. It's, it's right. It's hard though. It's hard because everything in the world wants to tell me like, Oh, that happened. Ooh, that's bad. That's bad. And he's like, Nope, that is good. This is why I've come. You know what? You had these questions. You wanted things changed. Then here you go. Here's this resource for you to see that it's good. It's good to be admonished. It's good to be under someone who will speak truth even when it hurts, especially when it hurts. It is so good. <laughs> and you know, some things that happen, I had to get it right with my husband, <laughs> you know? I'm like thinking, oh, it's his fault. Right, see? All the while, Holy Ghost is like, mm. oh, you know why you heard that? You know why you felt that? Because that's me. And I'm saying it's good. <laughs> this is good, you gotta change this. My goodness says, ooh, come over here. Nope, don't do that. It's not him. It's you. <laughs> um, that's pretty tough. <laughs> you know, I like to be right, so that's hard. <laughs> he likes to be right, too. We, uh, we don't balance out each other. <laughs> but really, he brought me a resource. He, he brought me a book. You know, and I'm not like a self-help kind of book reader. It's not that, but... 
I don't usually read those books, but he brought me something. He said, Kaylee, this is good. That's good that you're feeling this way because if you never felt that, like rub, you never felt that, ooh, where, what is going on? Then I would have never considered it. And he told me that your marriage is good, but it's not great. And I want it great, and I do too. I'm like, oh, it's, if it ain't broke. Right? I mean, it's true. 15 years we've been married, and obviously I honor him. This, <laughs> he knows all these things. Um, but, you know, holy, I was, you, basically I was saying to the father, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He was like, what is that mentality? If it ain't broke, but what if I want it to be intended from the beginning of time to be this thing? But you're just operating in this lack mentality, like, it's fine. We're good. We don't fight. You know, we love each other. We have kids together. We have a beautiful home. We have our promised son. We have everything, Yahweh, you've promised us. That's a danger. Because <laughs> then you sit and you get real comfortable in the promise. If you're waiting for it, I guarantee you, you are pressing in harder because you're waiting and you're excited and you know you're going to see it and it's on the precipice. But when you have it, you can get real lackadaisical. And so he's been pressing me in that place. What's the next dream, Kaylee? What's the next place, Kaylee? You have those things, those things you wrote on your, this dream thing that we did. I got to check all of them off because he's faithful. Hallelujah. <laughs> His promises are yes and amen. He did it for me. He'll do it for you. I know that. What are you waiting for? He's ready to provide it for you. However, when you get the thing, because you're going to, when you get it, you will. You will. You don't even have to worry about that part. You're going to get it. But I'm talking about that next place once you've got the promise. What's the next glory? If you don't keep pressing, if you don't keep seeing, and, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you don't get out of that mentality... You'll stay in the same place. You'll stay in that promise. And that promise will die around you. Because <laughs> in this house, we're meant to move. We're not meant to just keep eating the seed of the ground that we've planted. It's not who we are. It'll kill you, really. And so we have to move. <laughs> and Yahweh said, Kaylee, you're operating out of lack. You think it's just good. But what if I want it to be great? What if I want it to be the most amazing thing in the whole world, the thing I intended from the beginning of time? And I'm just using marriage because that's what he did for me. But I don't know. What is it for you? So I had to change some things, you know, and, I, and it wasn't that I had to go to Matt and say, hey, what do you want to change together? <laughs> it wasn't that. He didn't even know till I told him. <laughs> He's fine, you know. I'm like... <laughs> oh, how do I fix all the things I've done wrong? <laughs> That's how I felt. <laughs> no, but it wasn't like that. Sometimes human nature can, can get in there and you got to reposition. But um, it wasn't that he had to fix things in my husband. He wanted to correct and position me differently in me. In me. And my perspective had to change. And I believe he used it because he knew I'd bring this word. And so I did. And it's hard. I'm not, listen, not there yet by a, a long shot. We're working. But, and I, oh, man, I do not want you to think we have a bad marriage. We do not. We do not. Please hear my heart. We do not. Matt, we do not. <laughs> I do not think that. But that lack mentality can seep into every piece of who you are if you're not careful. You know, and you can just start resting on your laurels and thinking everything's fine. That's when danger comes a knocking at your door. And so I saw this feeling, this rub, this, this thing that wasn't quite right to be Holy Ghost saying, here is my goodness for you. 
Now, goodness requires work. <laughs> goodness requires repositioning. Repositioning is never comfortable. It's not. And when you're having a baby and you're in labor, they like reposition you 900 times to try and make you comfortable. <laughs> it's always not, it's so more, more uncomfortable than when you started, you know? And that's how it is with the father. When he begins to reposition, it's because he's ready to birth something. He's ready. That part has come. And he wants you to see in a way that you have not seen, but he has led us to the table. And we've been faithful to get to the table, to come hungry, to eat, to eat what we will, our fill. He says, see that I am good. I work all things. Every single piece is for your good. Even when you're sick, even when you're tired. And I wrote in here that, um, <laughs> that let me find it. I don't want to miss it. <coughs> he works all things, even the seemingly bad, and I would say especially the seemingly bad. <laughs> That's my viewpoint. And the world, this is, what, this is what gives him glory. See, the world would say, oh, you lost a son, he's dead. So sorry for your loss. Oh, here's the, the way you grieve. They give you these pamphlets. They tell you to go to groups. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's fine. That might work for some people, and that's great. No. I did not want to go to a group where we all cried about our, our children that were dead. That's not something that I think was good for me. So <laughs> they all, you know, they tell you, um, oh, you know, like I said, oh, there's, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, but the seemingly bad the things the world comes and wants to tell you, just hide in a corner. Go bury yourself in grief. Oh, you lost that job again? Oh, man. Oh, you got in that car accident? But I have heard countless stories, <laughs> countless, from this house alone. So I imagine there's many more around the world. Where that job loss, or that car accident, or that death, led to the thing they were waiting for. But in the process of that, I've come to tell you, you have to have eyes to see it. You don't want to disqualify yourself in the process. Right? In the journey to getting that place. You have to have eyes to see like you never have. And I, like I said, it's not just name it, claim it, Blab it, grab it, that little gospel that was going around or whatever, revelation was going around. I don't know. That was before my time. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. I've heard it before, though. <laughs> no, not from my parents. <laughs> I just, you know, heard it in the religious world, I guess you would say. It's not that. <laughs> it's not that. It's not trying to turn something that manipulates something. It's simply taking a veil off of your eyes. From the beginning of time, he said it was good. When did you change it? When did I change it? When did I become a complainer who just says like, well, why didn't that happen for me? You know why it didn't happen for you? Is because he's got something else that is supposed to happen for you. And you gotta be in that place to receive it. So what, you lost that job. Now, if you're unfaithful, that's the thing he's saying is good. <laughs> hey, let's switch this around. If you're unfaithful, that's why you lost that job. Fix that, show up on time. There are practical things. But I'm telling you, if you are in the right place, if you've positioned yourself to be a son or a daughter, those things that come that look seemingly bad, do not throw a label on it. 
Do not just quickly say, well, that's all, everything just happens to me. Look what happened. You know, you can have a moment, then get yourself together. <laughs> we'll give you, Holy Spirit will give you a moment, okay? All right. <laughs> I've had many. Give you a moment, shed your little tears, then wipe your face, <laughs> put on the right sight, begin to see. And listen, when you see, you can then prophesy. You know, and what, this is what I'm saying, because a lot of times we say prophesy things that are, are not as though they are, as though we don't, we don't know what those things are. You know what they are. <laughs> I know what they are. Have I seen it in the natural yet? No. But by the Spirit, I know what it is. So if I can see his goodness, I can prophesy. If I can see a death, then I can see life. I can see resurrection. I can see redemption. Because I don't just look at it and say, woe is me. Oh, I'm so that happened to me. It happened for me. It was hard. It was hard. I'm not trying to make light of it. It was hard. Hardest year, two years of our life, lives. It was hard. But, oh, it was so good. I want you to know I've never seen the Father like I did, like I have since then. I became a totally different person. I can't express that to you, even though it was the hardest thing we will ever go through. On the other side, not even on the other side, during, <laughs> during. He loved me enough. He loved me to put me in this house. He loved me to surround me with people who are so strong. He loved me to have Stephen Kim Parker be the ministers here who walked through the same thing so she could just walk me through it so beautifully. Man, to see the other side before you're through it. He loved me to give me a husband who didn't run, who said we're doing this together. This is our purpose. This is why he chose us. He chose us. He chose you. Have you ever thought that? He wants the glory. Has he ever chosen you to walk through something hard so he can get the glory? That's his goodness. That's his goodness. He wants to wipe that dust off your knees, get you out of the prayer closet, get you off that guilt trip, get you out of shame. He wants to stand you up, say, see, can you see? If you can see me and what I'm doing, you can prophesy. And then the dead bones begin to live again, right? But if you're blind, what in the world are you prophesying? You better be careful. If you don't see it and you're just lifting your voice, <laughs> that's why you have to consider. And you have to be so um, under his shadow. I don't know what other word to use. You have to be in the will of the Father. You, you have to be um, completely engrossed in who he is. You have to be him and he you, I guess, is the best way to say it. <laughs> That is the first place, oneness, oneness. This comes out of oneness. This doesn't happen by fly by night, name it, claim it. It starts with oneness. You are the temple. Ooh, hallelujah. So one more thing. I'm wrapping up. <laughs> so then the Hebrew words. There's actually three. Buddy.
So these are the three Hebrew words to be good or goodness. One has said is goodness. These two, tob and tube is how you say that, not tub. <laughs> I had to look it up, guys. You know, you got to listen to the, pronun the pronunciation. <laughs> Get that website up because, oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> it's like me speaking Spanish. All right, Gaston. <laughs> All right, so. These are the three Hebrew words translated into English to mean good or goodness. There are actually many other words, but these are the main three, okay? Each of these expresses a different type of goodness. So we have how the Greeks described it, virtue equipped at every point. So, uh, tob and tub both derive from the same root. It means to be or make better. It's active. It's making you better. It's goodness for your sake. It doesn't really care about our feelings. <laughs> it's goodness for our sake. It's goodness to keep us in the earth. It's goodness to keep our voice relevant. It's goodness to bring him glory. What do you have to change to get me to that place? That's his goodness. And then Hased... Well, Hased is loving kindness. Oh, I'm sorry. Come over here. It's a big enough stage now, guys. <laughs> it, is, it is the Father's perfect love. And have you ever heard that scripture, uh, perfect love casts out fear? It's a good scripture. I believe in it. <laughs> However, it's always sort of bothered me in a sense that I didn't really understand it. What is perfect love, you know? I know that's the love of the Father, but when you're being practical and when you're like a teacher and you kind of tear things apart, it's sort of like, but what does that really mean? Because a lot of people will tell you what it means. The world will certainly tell you what that means. But Holy Ghost, what did you intend for it to mean when you were inspiring this, right? And Yahweh told me, he said, this is, goodness is my love, it's also loving kindness. It can be harsh, because that's necessary sometimes, but it can be so wonderful on the other side. He loves you so much, but being the good, seeing the good, being the goodness of Yahweh sets you in a safe place. It sets you in a place where you're not giving anyone else authority over what you see, what you hear, and the decisions you make. So goodness, seeing his goodness, uh, marking his goodness on things that someone else might be like, well, that's bad. But you see it and you mark it as good, it creates this place of safety. All of a sudden you have all authority. There is not a pitfall there. You have come under the wing, the shadow. You are there. And so in that place, there is no fear. There is no fear. His love is so great, he will admonish you, he will rebuke you, and he will also pick you up, <laughs> hold your hand, 
tell you who you are, whisper in your ear. He is not just some harsh God waiting to, <laughs> you know, hit you, give you a pow-pow, if you will, for the, for the ELC. Not going to happen. No. <laughs> He's not waiting to do that, but he loves you enough to do that. He is a good father. And who here hasn't had a good father who will say, nope, nope, sis, not that way. Nope, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's like, not that way. Get in the room. <laughs> Let me get my belt. <laughs> listen, listen. You know, me and Alex, <laughs> my brother, he's in children's church right now. He could talk his way out of any spanking. He always wanted to be a lawyer, and he practiced that every time he got in trouble. Also, he would tell on everyone, every single person, including himself and me. Me, I'd say, oh, just let me explain. Nope, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> wait, wait, you let him explain. <laughs> wait, usually it was me, though. It's fine, I know now. On the other side of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you were, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, it was great, mother, I'm not trying. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> I have learned from it. He did, just not as much. All right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> so goodness is both harsh, can be harsh, and it can be loving. It can be both. And you know what's so interesting, and this is what I love about Yahweh, is he can be one thing and the opposite thing at the same time. So many paradoxical things about Yahweh. Only God, <laughs> only God can change but be the same. You know, only God can be, have these moments where Holy Ghost is going to just sell you. Oh, you got to change those things. But then on the other turn, other side, turn around and say, I love you so much. I love you. Come up here. I love you. Or let me come to you. Right? And um, only a God like that would indwell us. He loves us so much to indwell us. So it can be harsh but it also can be loving and it can be at the same time because there, he is a paradoxical God. He doesn't make sense. And I'm glad. <laughs> he does not make sense. You know, and, and that is just the truth. But do I want him to make sense in my finite mind? No, I do not. Please do not. If he makes sense in your finite mind, you are in the completed word. Is that what it was? You're in the completed part. It's time to step out into the incomplete. He has more. He has more. He is not finite. Always there is more. Which is exciting and terrifying sometimes. <laughs> but exciting. In this place, we don't stop. We don't camp out. We see his goodness. We go after it. We come to this table and we liken it to a table because we're a family. We're a family. And he prepares that table in the midst of my enemies because I say it's good. Because I can see the feast. They can fight. They can tear each other apart. I see the feast. It's like in Hook. <laughs> you guys ever watch Hook? Just came to my mind. This is not in my notes. <laughs> I'm glad she's clapping back there. Okay. In Hook, he was like, he had to go back. Peter Pan had grown up. He goes back to the Lost Boys. They see a feast and they're just loving it. He can't see it because he grew up. Because all of a sudden he had knowledge and all these things and he couldn't have the um, imagination. He lost his imagination. 
And they're sitting there and they're throwing, they're having like a food fight. And he, it, when they show the camera, it just looks empty to him. But then there's a spark of imagination. And he remembers who he was. Oh, it's a good, it's a good movie. Y'all go get it somewhere. I don't know where it is. <laughs> Rufio. You guys know. Um, but then he, see, he remembers who he is, and he can see, and it's so colorful, and it looks like um, cotton candy and all these things, right? And they start having so much fun. That's how it is. It's like Yahweh has prepared this table before you. Some come and can't see a thing. All they see is the enemy around it. <laughs> oh, I lost my job. Look what the enemy has done. Oh, I'm fighting. Oh, I, my husband left me. I, I don't know. My wife, she, she's always at work. She's a workaholic. I don't know. Name it. We all have things. We could list all the things. Yet the whole time he's got a feast sitting in, right in the middle. Right in the middle. And he's asking you to just come and sit and eat. Maybe have a food fight. I don't know. That's it. Rest. That's it. Don't get up and fight. Don't get up and try and find a way out of it on your own. Don't go blabbing it to all your friends. He said, just come and sit at the table. Feast with me. That's it. Because guess what? He operates in eternity. He operates in eternity even when we can't. And in eternity, he's one. Every time. I don't even have to put my hand to it. He has not lost. You have not been forsaken. You don't have to pick up a sword. It's already done. He's won. He said it was done. Sometimes our non-eternal thinking gets us thinking like, oh, he needs some help. No, he doesn't. Because he's already won. It is complete and finished, yet we are not. So we journey through. And that is the thing. If you can mark it as good, if you can see the goodness, see it in me, come see it in me, the goodness of Yahweh. He gets the glory every single time. No longer are you controlled by outside things that can come in and just take you out. No, you are not controlled by that. That's a lie. That is something the earth wants you to believe that you can't change. Oh, it's out of your control. No, it's not. It is in fully in the Father's control. Fully. Fully. Ooh, Hallelujah got off my notes guys all right <laughs> he loves us so much he has called us to a place of goodness seeing good seeing that it is good not only in yourself but in others around you if I can see the most horrible person in the whole earth I run into someone who's the worst <laughs> right but Yahweh made him and there's good there and guess what it's just like Gaston said this in the room. The truth is, he put that person in your path so you could be the goodness of the Lord. So they could see, oh, there's, there's another way. This way I'm walking in isn't right. So his goodness may even mean you meeting somebody in the grocery store, at the ball game, with your kids. Sometimes I really hate that, just being vulnerable. <laughs> You know, Matt and I, everywhere we go, we are talking to people. People are coming up to us. This just happens. My whole life, this has happened. I usually really like it. But sometimes, you know, you're like, let me just, let me just go into Walmart. Y'all all know. 
I just don't have any makeup on. I, whatever, came from the gym, whatever. That's not true. <laughs> I was just saying that so you could relate. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, you know, and there's just times where I'm like, oh man, I like will turn my cart. But, you know, that's just true. And every time I feel, I am rebuked by that. And so, that's been a while. And so there are, every time we go out, Matt and I already know, we're, we will run into somebody who wants to talk. Whether it's about my children or whatever. And uh, we set ourselves, because that might be the only goodness they connect with in that week or in that month or their whole lives. So I say that to you to say this. Uh, reflect, consider, begin to open your eyes in a way you never have before. It helps you to respond and not react. It really gives you a moment where you just stop for a second and consider that every single piece of my life is orchestrated by the Father. I didn't make a mistake. I'm not out of favor. I didn't walk out of the umbrella. If that's true, then every single thing that comes to my path, everything that I encounter is purposed from Yahweh. Came from his hand even. And I can honor him for that. And I can give him glory for that. So that when everyone else is freaking out, I know, I see. Oh, Yahweh, I see what you're doing. You know? So I really, my whole point is for you to see. I want you to see. And I, I operate as a prophet for the music team. I believe that's part of my anointing. That's not my full anointing. That's part of it. And, um, and so I knew when Yahweh had this for me to bring to you, it's because I, I have been learning to see through the eyes of goodness. And when I can see that, then I can prophesy. And I'm good at prophesying. <laughs> so it has really taken who I am to a whole, it has just changed my life. It has changed everything about me and the way that I respond. Am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I, but on the other side of it, when I make the mistake, I'm like, oh, Yahweh, I see it. So I can correct it. And that's how, who he is. I just say, okay, sorry. He loves us. He knows we're working on it. It causes you to consider exactly what the Father is doing and why he is doing it for you and not to you. And this fruit of the Spirit will change your life. You will see what you have not seen. And if you tend to be negative, if that's like your personality tends to, it's okay. This is going to change your perspective. You don't have to work at it. All you have to do is see. That's it. So to wrap this up, musicians, y'all can come up. Um, I, what I'd like to do is if you struggle with that, if you want that, to be able to see the goodness, to see who he is in everything, even when it's not going the way you thought or the way you planned, it's not in your five-year plan, you know, if it's not the job you always thought you would have, if you don't have the child you don't yet have, if you don't have the marriage yet, then today I want to lay hands on you, and it's going to be brief, but I, I want to lay hands on you, and I want you to see what you have never seen. I want you to begin to shift your perspective. If you don't need it, great, I'm so glad. But if you do, I want you to come forward, and you can come forward now, um, to know that he is equipping you at every point. 
He is shielding you, protecting you. That his love is for you. He is a good father. He is good. He is good.